Hello, welcome to the Physionic Journal Club. This is the second part of the double header that I, I decided to do. The first one was on paired bo box six, how it regulates uh, pro-insulin processing, how genetics impact our insulin processing, things of that nature. Now, however, we will be talking about curcumin and its supplementation and how it could have an impact on our health, but more specifically in diabetes, but also a few inflammatory measures as well as, uh, well, yeah, basically that, and body weight and things of that nature. So let's jump into it. So what does this study want to find out? This was again done in humans, so they want to investigate what the effects of curcumin supplementation has on against diabetes as a protective effect in against diabetes and in a few other smaller health markers as well. So the methods, how did they go about this paper? Well, it was a randomized controlled trial, meaning that they tried to control as many of the variables as they could beforehand and throughout the study. It was double blind, so the researchers didn't know what supplement they were giving uh, the participants, and the participants didn't know the supplement that they were taking. And it was a between subjects design. So you're comparing the placebo group who, cons who consume a supplement that is not curcumin and it's essentially just a nothingness, but it looks just like curcumin and it maybe tastes like curcumin. And then on the other side, they have the curcumin supplement group. The study ran for 12 months and three months of which they just had a teaching period. So they essentially just taught through a dietitian about nutrition just to get everybody up on the same page. Uh, so the actual study only ran about nine months. Well, only, quote unquote, that's, that's a pretty long time. Uh, they had 242 participants, which they separated between, again, the curcumin supplementation group and the placebo group. All the participants were pre-diabetic, so they were not diabetic, but they weren't completely healthy. They were pre-diabetic, so right between that range, and they were all over the age of 35. And both groups consumed three capsules of either placebo or of curcumin supplementation two times a day of which each capsule had 250 milligrams of powder within them. So that's a total of 1.5 grams of curcumin and 1.5 grams of placebo, whatever that is. Uh, the curcumin was purified from dye, dried rhizomes don't ask me what that is. I don't know. You have to ask somebody who's uh, more knows more about the uh, the cooking aspects of food. That's not me. Uh, the the dried rhizomes of turmeric, and then they purified the curcumin from that uh, to uh, through an ethanol drying process to eventually get a purity of about seventy five to eighty five percent. Uh, powder in each capsule. So uh, most likely, you'd, I'm assuming you could find that probably pretty expensive, but I'm sure you could find that somewhere online. 
and they verified the purity using chromatography, which I'm not going to go into. Essentially, they they made sure that it was it was at least within that range, 75 to 85 percent pure curcumin. Uh, they measured at baseline, so right at the study start, at three months, six months, and nine months. So they had four different measures. We're really interested in the baseline versus nine months, but we're certainly going to be somewhat interested in how quickly some of these outcomes come to be, if they're positive or negative. They measured body weight uh, as well as used a tape measure to measure circumference uh, and the waist, waist circumference specifically. They also used cardiovascular markers, blood pressure, which they did indirectly by essentially just going and asking for the patient's records from their doctor. So over that nine-month period, the individuals, the participants went to their doctor for routine checkups and things of that nature. So the doctors had to present their, uh, their lab notes and stuff like that to the researchers. And then the researchers used that for a measure of cardiovascular markers and blood pressure. Not exactly ideal to be completely honest with you because your doctor uh, could have, if you're talking about 242 participants, what are the odds that all the doctors do everything exactly the same and that the participants go at the same time of day? You know, it's just like a lot of confounding variables there. So the blood pressure aspect is probably not going to be all that accurate, but we may we may look at it. They also looked at electrocardiograms. That's where they put the uh, electrodes on your chest and then they measure how your heart is beating, uh, blood pressure taken, and then the most interesting is gonna be the actual blood measures, which they took from uh, all these individuals, which then tells you uh, <clears throat> the actual biomarkers. So they did a measure for glucose, insulin, a few others, and they also did an oral glucose tolerance test, which again, I've, I've explained this so many times by now, but I will explain it again. Uh, that's where they, the participants are fasted, they haven't consumed any food, then they're given a set amount, a controlled amount of a sugary drink, and they ingest that, and then the researchers will measure over a period of usually two hours what happens to that blood sugar, to that sugar that enters the blood. Is it cleared out easily or is it not cleared out easily? And they also did that with insulin. So the exact same thing, but instead of measuring blood sugar, they measured uh, insulin. And they did a radio immunoassay for insulin, C-peptide, and adiponectin. Uh, essentially, they're just measuring the amounts of insulin, adiponectin, which is an adipokine, which is, if you've heard of leptin, adiponectin is closely related with diabetes. And uh, if you typically, I think... Don't quote me on this, but I think if you have increased adiponectin, that is a positive marker. That's something that you want, that you typically have a lower risk of developing diabetes. You tend to have greater insulin sensitivity in that situation. Okay, so that is those are the methods. Let's jump into the actual paper now. So the results, table one, 
we don't need to go into this a whole lot. Frankly, they're just looking at a bunch of different measures to see if at baseline, if there are any differences between the curcumin supplemented individuals and the uh, placebo group. And the reason why they wanna do that is because you don't wanna go through an entire study and realize after the fact that one group was 100 pounds overweight and the other group was really lean. That's just one example. Or one group, their liver enzymes were through the roof and the other group was completely fine. Because that those are variables that from the onset of the study would throw off the interpretation and the results that you could really get. As a matter of fact, it could completely undermine the study. It could essentially mean that it doesn't matter, like none of this matters. So they looked at a bunch of different markers. I mean, the, the percentage in sex, like males to females, they had more females in both groups. Uh, age was the same, uh, BMI, body weight, insulin, H1C, I'll explain what that is, uh, uh, glucose tolerance tests at baseline, you know, all these different measures, AST, ALT, those are liver marker enzymes, all of them were the same. So from the get-go, all these individuals are the same in terms of their health markers. That's great to see. So then we can confidently move into table two where we can look at some of these differences. I realize that when you look at table two, it looks a little daunting. There's a lot of numbers. Uh, it's, it's really not though. All you need to look at is really the mean and if there are significant differences between the groups. So you're comparing the placebo group to the curcumin supplemented group. And the first category at the top is body weight. So there are no differences between, no significant differences between the two groups until the nine-month mark. At the nine-month mark, you see that the curcumin group has lower body weight than the placebo group. I will touch on that again in the near future. Uh, other markers, oral glucose tolerance test, the fasting, uh, plasma, glucose, uh, those were also significantly, statistically significantly reduced in the curcumin group. Uh, the H1C, so let me explain that real quick. You can get a blood glucose test from your doctor, and I'll probably make some content specifically explaining the physiology behind this. <clears throat> but you can get a glucose tolerance test and have it come out pretty normal, uh, but your H1C can be through the roof. The H1C is a measure of your blood sugar levels at beyond just that snapshot in time. Your H1C is an indication of the last 30 days of your blood sugar levels because people can, technically, if you know a little bit about physiology, what you can do and nutrition, what you can do is massively reduce your, your carbohydrate intake let's say two or three days before you go to your doctor and your blood glucose levels, your blood sugar levels will decrease to normal levels. Uh, the problem with that is you're tricking your doctor, but you're not tricking your body. So your, do your doctor, if they are intelligent uh, and know your ways, they may run an H1C test, which is a measure of 30 days
And the reason why it's a measure of 30 days is because your red blood cells turn over essentially every 30 days. Uh, it might be 60 days. I think it's 30 days, but either way, it's at least a month. Your red blood cells are circulating through your bloodstream and then they die and you create more red blood cells. So if you had at any point really high levels of blood sugar levels, there's a process called glycation. Glycation is where your red blood cells are completely surrounded and, and gunked up with sugar. So the blood sugar will stick to the red blood cells and no amount of fasting or uh, uh, reducing carbohydrates is going to get rid of that glycation unless you do it for 30 days straight until all your red blood cells have uh, cleared out and you've created new red blood cells that don't have all this blood sugar stuck to them. And so the H1C is a measure of that glycation. So, and here we see that it's decreased. It's decreased in the curcumin group at three months, at six months, at nine months. So really interesting results here that we're getting a lot of these almost immediate effects within, you know, three months. That's the earliest point that they measure. And so a lot of really interesting stuff here. Then the next part is insulin. They showed a significant difference at nine months. You saw reduced levels, slightly reduced levels of insulin, circulating insulin for the curcumin group. And then the next one I want to talk about is the HOMA B percentage that you see there. The HOMA B percentage is a measure of your pancreas, your beta cells. I may have mentioned, I did mention this in the previous piece of content. Your beta cells are the cells that are specifically responsible in your pancreas. Your body's made up of various organs, one of which is your pancreas. Your pancreas secretes insulin, and that's where you then reduce, that's how you reduce your blood sugar levels. Well, a measure of your pancreas, and specifically of those cells, of your beta cells uh, is seen here. So the closer you are to uh, 100, the more normal pancreatic activity of those beta cells you see. And what you see is that there is an increase at nine months. I, it's switched up there. They've got six months, nine months, three months instead of three, six, nine, uh, which, which is just a typo. Let's be real. So what should be nine months there is uh, this measure of the beta cells. So the beta cells increase in their activity, which is a great sign. And it's relatively significant. You're seeing about a 12 to 13 point boost in a beta cell activity. The next one is adiponectin, which I mentioned if you typically have higher levels of adiponectin, you typically have higher insulin sensitivity as far as I understand it. I will have to educate myself more on that, so hold off on any sort of uh, inquisition if I, <laughs> if I got that wrong, but I'm pretty certain that's correct. And C-peptide is another measure of this conversion of, actually from the previous uh, paper that I looked at with the genetics and diabetes, C-peptide is a measure of that cleavage of uh, the different immature forms of insulin to insulin. 
So, of course, you see uh, decreased levels of this cleavage because you need less insulin because you're more insulin sensitive. Each molecule of insulin is causing greater and greater effects on your blood sugar levels. So a lot of good stuff here, a lot of good stuff. And I'm, and uh, you can touch on a few more of those. I, I, the most interesting piece of information is yet to come. How about that? How about, how about letting that hang in the air? Um, so then looking at figure one, figure one is really a graphical representation of everything I just said. So frankly, I don't feel like going over it again. Uh, it's betterment in fasting, glucose levels, otherwise known as sugar levels, uh, your blood sugar levels, uh, glucose tolerance test, H1C, the HOMA B, C peptide, HOMA IR, IR is for insulin resistance. All of those improve with the curcumin supplementation group. And that's where I'll leave that. And now, what I just teased like two minutes ago, uh, the final table, table three. Table three is after the study. So uh, going through the study, because the study was technically 12 months long, but the intervention was nine months. After those 12 months, how many individuals went from a pre-diabetic state, because every single one of these individuals is pre-diabetic, remember, the, that's in the placebo group as well as in the curcumin group. How many of those individuals in each group, 116 indi individuals in the placebo group, 119 individuals in the curcumin group, how many of them developed diabetes over the course of this study? And this is the shocking result. 19% uh, of the placebo group developed diabetes by the end of the study, which really sucks for them. Uh, that is incredibly unfortunate and not something that you can necessarily avoid, but uh, that's what happened. But the mind-blowing part is that the curcumin supplementation group, big old fat goose egg, zero individuals developed diabetes when they supplemented with curcumin. That's pretty crazy. That is a, that table alone really puts a nice, uh, a nice shine over the entire study. And it's, so it's a good thing that they threw this in here. They, they probably crunched the numbers and were like, wow, well, let's, let's throw that in there. That really, uh, that really spices things up. So what conclusions can we get out of this? Uh, curcumin supplementation does reduce the risk of tipping from a pre-diabetic state to a diabetic state. We can say that. We can also say that curcumin supplementation improves glucose tolerance or clearance at a lower insulin level. So the insulin is packing more of a punch per molecule of insulin that's released, which of course implies greater insulin sensitivity. That makes sense. However, both of these effects are shown in the context of a decreased body weight. So the curcumin supplementation group lost almost four kilograms. They lost about 8.6 pounds, 3.9 kilograms. So 
if the effect of curcumin directly impacts insulin sensitivity and glucose and all that, we don't know. We can't tease that out from this study. It could be a direct impact of the molecule of curcumin having an impact on the cells leading to this betterment in insulin sensitivity, or it could be curcumin having an impact on some other pathway or a series of pathways that leads to less consumption or greater activity or something of that nature leading to body weight drop and that body weight drop is then leading to better insulin sensitivity because we do know that decreases in body weight lead to betterment in insulin sensitivity and better glucose regulation and things of that nature. However, I will say there's something I quick noticed that you did not technically see a significant drop in body weight until the nine-month mark, and yet we saw some of these improvements at the three-month mark and the six-month mark. So maybe we can be a bit more aggressive with our stance in terms of our conclusion. It is possible that curcumin has a direct impact on decreasing fasting insulin levels and just increasing insulin sensitivity as well as improving glucose tolerance or glucose clearance. Again, I would still say that we need more studies, more controlled studies to specifically tease those two out. But I don't, regardless, it doesn't really matter, does it? Like, do we really care if curcumin specifically, the molecule, impacts the cells or not? We don't really care. All we care about is the end result. And literally just look at table three. People who consumed curcumin supplementation, again, 1.5 grams uh, twice a day. So 750 milligrams at one point of the day, 750 milligrams at another point in the day, showed a protective effect from prediabetes to diabetes. Now, if you would still see that effect with individuals who are non-diabetic, so they're not even pre-diabetic, that is yet to be determined. But for pre-diabetic individuals or people with a history of pre-diabetes, it may be beneficial based off of this data to be consuming a certain level of curcumin. So that is where I will leave it. That's where I've, I've got uh, some more to say. I will leave that for the examined content. And with that said, I hope that you found this as informative as I did, as exciting as I did. I will uh, consider later on in my life uh, taking curcumin as a result of this particular paper. But until then, I have other reasons as to not take curcumin, which uh, if you are in, in the business of building muscle, curcumin may not be your best friend. I'll leave that at that. But if you're intrigued, uh, I will I will certainly expound on that further. Okay, with that said, I hope you found it informative and I hope I have the pleasure of catching you in the next one. Have a good one. See ya.